Hey everyone, welcome back to the Winner's Circle. I'm Derek. And I'm Cody. So we got a lot to cover this week. Survivor, insane. Yeah. And then we have three crazy stories we want to talk to you about. It was actually tough to choose just three this week, but we got three good ones for you that we think definitely deserve some more attention. But before we get to those, because those ones are going to be, we might even go over the limits on these as far as our time. Yeah. But before we get into those, Survivor. Yeah. Crazy, right? Yeah, Survivor. There was was a lot that they threw at us uh, this week. Um, a lot of different twists. We did not see a tribal council because of the twists that were thrown in. And so let's just jump right into it. Uh, yes. The episode starts where we see the further fracturing of Shannon Ricard's relationship. The relationship is completely fractured. There is minimal to no trust now with the two of them. And if you guys were listening and been following along these past couple of weeks, you kind of saw this coming, right? Ricard didn't want to hand back the extra votes to Shan because he was like, you have an idol, so let me have some let me have some power as well. And then Shan was really, really pushy. I really do think to her downfall. Um, and then you saw Ricard kind of playing it back and forth. Shan goes to him and goes, well, you know, I want to go into the merge without this in my head, without any distrust in you, and that'll get washed away if you hand it back to me. Right there when she said that, I was like, trust is gone. Ricard should see that 100% the trust is gone. Um, Ricard does give her the note back, and we pretty much, that now we move on. And so I wanted but to- But we know, we know, yeah. we know they're not going to- But let me ask you, because I, I don't know what I would do, but what would you do in that situation I'm if you were Ricard? Literally, to, well, kind of. I want to see what you, who you think is, what side you take, hers or his- um, they both have a good argument, right? I great. mean, obviously Shan wants the power, mm-hmm. but you know, if they're really a team, I see Ricard's side where he's totally. like, you already have a couple advantages. If we're working together till the end, it shouldn't matter that I'm holding one. It's just protecting me too. I thought, I thought Shan overstepped here. She definitely totally. lost Ricard where we even talk about this on big brother. If Ricard has any opportunity to go with someone else, he will bring this up down the road to her that that was the breaking point for him. Totally. I agree with you 100%. I, I kind of side I side with Ricard on this. And I picked Shan as my winner. But I got to tell you, she does a She's lot. She's a little too much. She does a lot. There's something that I'm going to get into later on in the episode with her that I was just like, she does. She does too much. I don't. I see her having some protection, I guess. But I see her probably going home. I, I, I no longer see her winning the game. But if she does, hey. Something about my gut instinct works. Um, but, but would you give it back to her? So would you give it back to her? Um, I would give it back to her the same way Ricard did. You got in, to. You got to. In the same sense of like, I know that if I don't, you just got to read the room, right? And Ricard did a great job of reading the room. He did a great job of reading the room from the start of this. He read right. it and was like, this is weird. We just came up with this plan last week. I don't want to, I, I, I don't want to get blindsided and go home. Yeah. Now you're pulling it on yeah, me. Yeah. This is weird. And so- you know, credit to Ricard for kind of like reading the room and he read the room again with Shannon was like, you know what? I don't feel like going into this merge with any distrust, any further distrust because he knows it's there too. He handed it back to her. So I would have done the same exact thing, but I also side with Ricard on this. Think about it though. If he decides not to give it back to her, what's she going to do when the merge happens? Yeah. She's going to blow you up. Yeah. She's going to tell everybody in the tribe behind your back that you have an advantage that basically she let you hold on to yep. and you refuse to give it to her. So basically it's already spoiled anyways at that point because everyone in the tribe is going to know you have it. So as reluctant as he was to do it, 
I agree with you. I think he made the right decision. Yeah, he had to do it. But, you know, mm-hmm. he does it. Um, we find out. So what we missed last week was that a merge was going to be happening this week. And <laughs> yeah. so let's get let's jump right into that because there was nothing. Yes. They kind of went to the Luvu tribe a little bit just to kind of set up yeah. what happened further down. Nothing crazy. But the merge happens. And so I want to first I want to kind of break down what happened with this merge yeah. and how yeah, it really crazy. isn't. It's not quite just like a, hey, we're merging. Here's the immunity challenge individual. It was, so they all had to draw. They all had to reach into a bag and draw a rock. They either grabbed a yellow rock or they grabbed a blue rock. That determined which team you were on. Now, there were two gray rocks in the bag as well. And if you grabbed a gray rock, only two people, you would be sitting out of the competition, not being able to either make yourself safe and get yourself to the merge or put yourself on the opposite end. So those two people that drew the uh, that drew the gray rocks were Nasir and Erica. Now, the people that drew the yellow rocks were Xander, Shan, Leanna, Heather, and Tiffany. And who drew the blue rocks were Ricard, Evie, Danny, Deshaun, and Sydney. So we had 5v5 going into the competition, and this was another insane competition. Yeah, right? that was brutal. This competition. How much do you think that rock weighed? How much do you think that I, It looked brutal. And a couple hundred pounds, right? I mean, I least. don't know if it was a couple hundred. That would be a little much. Because you see how deep it was? It was deep. And you know what? Maybe it looks harder because obviously these poor people haven't eaten. So it's like exactly. they got no energy. Yeah. So maybe like 100 pounds or something like that. Yeah. But it's the size of it and how deep it was in those holes makes it like brutal. R- brutal. Brutal. Yeah. So the good thing, the other thing you just kind of touched on it, they're malnutrition, but the good thing about this is not only do the five people that win this competition get themselves to the merger and now we're safe, even if they don't, they don't have to compete in the immunity challenge. So they don't need immunity to be safe. They win this competition. They're safe and also get a feast. How good do those feasts always look? They look incredible. Like, especially they get, even when you eat the meats and cheeses and they're eating like, brutally like they're not making it look like nice beer chicken yeah. they're just, just crushing like, this food and i get hungry every time those i know come i up. can't even imagine how how much it must mean to them to also get that food because bro they're not even like evie said it all right well not to get too far ahead but all they don't right, get we're food. getting there we're getting but, okay so yes the first five that win the competition they are going to get immunity that week food and they get to choose one of the two people that picked the gray rock, so that's Nasir or Erica, to pull with them as the mm-hmm. winning group. Yep. And so the losing group gets no food. They have to compete now in the immunity challenge, and their life's on the line. So right. we go into the competition. The competition is really, really intense. And uh, the blue tribe wins, the Luvu tribe, which was had... I mean, majority of the Luvu, Luvu people, they had Erica and Nasir were sitting out. So they had Sydney, Deshaun, and Danny. They just continue to win. The Luvu tribe mm-hmm. like, just can't lose. Danny's such a beast. I mean, there's a few people, but you can just see like these type of competitions where it's strength, agility. One, he's helping push that rock on his own probably. And then on top of that, you see him scale the wall like it was like me and you skipping up onto a curb. Yeah, like, like we were just walking just upstairs. F- he took that. Yeah, freak act- athlete. And- freak athlete. Think about the malnutrition he's feeling. He's dying through that. He's dehydrated. And he's still at the end of it was like, hold on, let me just shoot right at the wall. Yeah, Nobody like, touched I got him. This. He didn't grab any hands. He just <laughs> turned up and like grabbed on the ledge and got up there. Um, it was intense. Again, on the losing tribe, like Shan just can't win. 
Ricard finally gets a win. It'd be a montage of Shan crying. Yeah, at the she's, just, she's just getting <laughs> crushed. Challenges. And I'm not hating on her. Listen, she's an emotional person. Yeah. Some people are like that. That's just how they are. It is what it is, but we're giving her a hard time. Yeah. So Shan, then if you're watching this, we love you. Yeah. Yeah, we do. But your your kind of game is 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 driving me insane with with how much you're slipping <laughs> up constantly and, and, and pushing and being like super pushy with people. But hey, it's working for you right now. But as a yes. player of Big Brother, I don't feel like this like pushy kind of game. And she does another thing here, which easily breaks trust. Um, if people notice it and, uh, I don't know, I just see herself kind of putting her foot in her mouth, which right. I think it's, I think it's already happening. I think it's going to continue to happen, but we get to the blue tribe wins and now they're up and they have to decide who are we taking with us? Is it going to be Nasir mm-hmm. or is it going to be Erica? Right. Yep. They say they rock, paper, scissored it. They pick Nasir. We come to find out shortly after <laughs> that. They're like, we see what's happening here. The women are picking off the guys in these other tribes. And so we're protecting Nasir, bringing him with us, leaving Erica on the losing tribe, putting her up for grabs, and we'll try to send her home this week. Yep. But what does the gamer survivor have for us, Derek? <laughs> I mean, listen, it's interesting because they yeah, they take Nasir, but even even to the credit of the of the you know, the contestants, they knew Erica going to this island, right? Because now she's gonna be left on an island for two days, two nights. No food, no shelter. But if you're a fan of Survivor, you know whenever this person goes off to Exile Island, there's always an advantage mm-hmm. at play where it might be just given to them or they might be able to do something to earn it. Mm-hmm. So they already know as soon as they say she's going to Exile that she's she actually just became more of a threat. Yeah. She's coming back with something. Yep. So it was really interesting. They go back. I mean, we don't really need to cover the merge feast, right? They're sitting no, there. No, no, no. It's funny. Danny calls out. Uh, Evie is like, listen, we know you guys are trying to get out the guys. Yeah. So we had yeah. to protect them. Sorry. <clears throat> and she was like, no, we we expected that because we were. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. So I thought that was cool. Um, And then we go we go over to Exile Island at first, right? If I'm skipping anything, let me know. Nope. We go over to Exile Island at first because Exile Island, she first goes there and they give her the little bit of water, the little bit of rice, yep. all that good stuff. I'm trying to remember, did Exile Island, at least the first part, come before or after the whole segment with Shan, Liana, so and... initially, yeah. Initially, it was Erica. They were showing her kind of like going through the struggle. Because that's hardships. a big moment. Yeah, she was going through a lot. It was tough. Like, I got to be honest, I was kind of leveling with her there because I wouldn't want to be the person. After my group just won, they picked another person in the group. I'm now on the island by myself. She felt a little mm-hmm. bit of, she felt like vulnerability. She was definitely not the person in that situation that would be better off on their own. Like Nasir, no. scaling up trees, like grabbing fruits. Yeah. He's the he guy. a feast. He's chilling. Yeah. Um, but they had a strategic reason for bringing Nasir, so it's understandable. We, not to get into what she is offered, because then we get into That's what like- you were just going to talk about. Which I thought was like a whole crazy segment. Yeah. And it starts with Shan. Yeah. Shan just, you know, running her mouth a little bit, says something to Liana in front of Tiffany. We've seen it all season. Tiffany's erratic. She kind of just has diarrhea of the mouth. She says the first thing that comes to mind. She kind of just says what she's thinking, which not necessarily a good thing in a show like this. And at first, Liana's definitely upset with Shan that she did that. She gets away from Tiffany and she tells Shan about her her advantage, which we already because know. Because Tiffany like pushes and is like, so what's yes. the, what's the what's the advantage you got? Right. Why Shan did this? It, so I just want to touch on this first because it drove me absolutely insane. I was like, why did you do that? Now mm-hmm. I will say this: 
we don't see how the whole conversation played out. So we don't see if Shan turned and, and said to Liana, like, oh, you guys are tight. Like, oh, we're like open yes. to talk freely. And Liana was probably just like nodding along. Yeah. And then Shan just spilled this information. Or if Shan did it on purpose, I don't think she did. I think Shan has horrible diarrhea of the mouth. And I think it's she just is going to put her foot in her mouth. I Like when she did that to Liana, I was like, why would you do that? Yeah, I mean, she definitely burned her. Why would you That's do that? That's a big that? advantage. That's a huge advantage to have. And and if Tiffany knows, I think eventually everyone will. So say that's done to you, right? Like, we we were you and me meet up. We're not on the same tribe. We're supposed to build trust with one another. And then the second other people are around us, like I divulge what we talked about and how I handed you the advantage. I would have been pissed. Right? Like, yeah, you no longer pissed. trust me, right? No, yeah, no. I, I at minimum, I might trust you as a person, but not trust you with any personal information anymore. No, it's done. And you know, and you know, Liana tried to get out of it, but later they show it where it's separate. Tiffany starts grilling her again, yep. and Liana makes the right call here. Has to. You can't lie about it at this point. You gotta break. You gotta just. It's not even an option. You just gotta kind of throw it out there and hope Tiffany doesn't blow up your game. But then it cuts to a Tiffany dr, and you could tell Tiffany's like. Oh, they didn't tell me right away. Mm -hmm. You know, that's she's already paranoid. Right. Before you know it, Tiffany more than likely will be turning on them and divulging her advantage. So I thought that that could be something where, you know, here's the thing we have to look at, too, from behind the scenes. This show's already done. Yeah. The game's already completed. Right. So you have to ask yourself when you're seeing these segments, if you want to cheat a little bit, why are they showing this to you? Right. Why? Why is this segment important? Obviously, it's important because just at face value, it's kind of a crazy scene. But usually there's some significance to it that might affect the game later. So if you're really paying attention, you can kind of see some foreshadowing of what's to come. Mm -hmm. And if I had to guess, there's going to be a moment where maybe next episode or the episode after Tiffany's going to blow up Liana's spot. Yeah. Yeah. And I got to be honest with you. It allows someone like Shan to kind of like, skate by because like for me if i was liana this would immediately tarnish my relationship with chan you ruined a relationship for me with tiffany like liana's relationship to tiffany is ruined now tiffany said it in her dr she doesn't trust liana because they're supposed to be her evie it was supposed to be liana evie and tiffany now the trust is broken tiffany feels like she can't trust liana liana feels like tiffany was a little too pushy and all this stems from shan and if you're playing this game you need to pick up on stuff like that because if yep. you're not, then you're not you're not like fully aware of of everything yeah. that's going read the on. room. Yeah, like Shan really <laughs> read the room. Shan now has like crossed multiple people. Like Ricard, his relationship should be tarnished with Shan. Liana's relationship should be tarnished with Shan. But then we see something further in the episode that yep. Liana, Shan, Deshaun, and Danny are going to get together. Um, yep, you know that kind of takes us into the final part of the show. Cause they, they showed that Alliance kind of form, you know, Danny, Deshaun, they were all, they were all into it. Uh, Liana was into it, but I gotta be honest. Like I, I see that forming. Right. And immediately my first thought is like, how is Liana going to trust Shan enough to work with her now? Like, th is that just going to be, and that's where, that's why I am saying what I'm saying, because I'm literally sitting there being like, Shan just completely broke trust in my opinion to Liana, like immediately, not even like any time passed. Like it was the first day that they were all in camp. And so I'm like, Okay, so now they're going to work together and you're not going to have that doubt. Or are you going to have that doubt? Like, I, I'm eager to see how it plays out. Yeah, and so, me too. And so now it finally gets us to the last twist that Erica gets. And this is called the hourglass twist. And so Jeff comes rolling up to the, uh, to the exile island, I guess we'll call it, and tells Erica 
she has this uh what's it called the hourglass twist where you know all the the stuff on the bottom is what is has what has happened all the sand in the bottom of the hourglass is what's happened that's the history of this season so far but what erica can do is smash that history with a hammer and if she chooses to do that the immunity um the merge challenge that just happened gets flipped so now the losing tribe and erica are the tribe that gets their buffs and are safe at the next tribal council and have made it to the merge and the the winning tribe now flips and takes on that losing tribe and they now have to compete in the immunity challenge and are you know they are, have the possibility of going home right crazy yeah i mean i don't can love I ask it. you a question i don't love it well i i got to ask you a question i love jeff think he's one of the the goats of the hosts right but like there's this moment where he's like you you know you can or you can choose to leave it the same you can have protection go to the winning tribe not be subject make to history voted out, make history or you could just do nothing or do nothing it, and everybody will hate there, you and it's bad well, for tv whatever you want <laughs> i'm just gonna leave this hammer right here I'm even going to put it on its side for you if you just want to smash it right now. And he's like, you just got to decide by tomorrow. But, like, is there any way that Erica does not do this? Bro, is there any way you would not do it? No. You can either be up for to be voted off or safe. And now- Forget everything yeah, else. That's what I want to say. Like, let's push everything out, right? Not that we know that they're talking about possibly sending her home. We don't want to talk about that. I have that hammer. I see the situation. I'm on Exile Island. It's getting smashed. Smashed. I, if I can guarantee my safety mm-hmm. for one extra week yeah. or one extra day or two or whatever it is in Survivor days, because they don't go week to week. Um, yeah, you you wanted to survive another day. This allows you to do that. Yeah. Nobody was looking out for you when they sent you right. to Exile. By the way, you're you're going to take away one of the t- numbers from the team that just voted to not keep you yeah. to send you away so if you can chink away at their armor yeah you definitely want to do that so i was like i know this is a cliffhanger but so you know i started this it's not really a cliffhanger it's trouble because let me let me let me foreshadow because again i didn't see any of the episode um any of the upcoming because i had to add two minutes extra to record because when my recording ends yep. we don't get to the stuff so i'm like come on tvr figure it out or cody yep i saw it i saw it so i didn't see what happened next week but tell me if i'm right i see it getting smashed, the roles reversing, Evie and Ricard kind of bringing to light the conversation that Danny was having, Deshaun was having, and the target is going to get smashed onto one of their heads because if you look at it, it's Ricard, Evie, Danny, Deshaun, and Sydney. Evie's going to be like, well, the guys are nervous about guys going home, so that means they're going to try to target one of the girls. He'll probably tell Erica you were you were the target because on the other side you had mostly women on the yellow team. And so I right. see next week um, Nasir, Deshaun, or Danny, or, or Ricard, who I don't I don't see going home because I think Ricard will end up. He was just quiet. Ricard was on Ua. Yeah. He doesn't have anything. You know, he doesn't have a bunch of tribe members behind him, so they're going to probably cut into the Luvu tribe. And so that's why I feel like Nasir, Deshaun, or Danny are going to be in serious trouble next week. Whichever one of them, if one of them don't win the immunity, they're going to be in trouble. Tell me if I was right. Any of that kind of drama well, unfold? I mean, it doesn't show any of that. It All just right. basically shows like this moment where both tribes are standing up there and, and Erica's like, I had the option to make history this week. Dun, dun, dun. 
And then, you know, it cuts the commercial. If you she know, does done, it. But if she does she's it. She's 100% doing it. It's not even, yeah. it's not, I don't even know. I'm like, And now everything I just said, if she doesn't smash it, I take all that. Obviously, that, that yeah, didn't no, happen. I, and I just think that she's cuckoo and probably going home. Yeah, no, she'll be in trouble if that happens. Okay, so that kind of wraps it up. Yeah, that wraps it up. We can't do a, I don't want to do an idol or an exile this week because we didn't have anybody go home. We didn't have mm-hmm. anything really like. Well, I can give the exile of the week to definitely Shan right off the jump. I mean, I'll give the exile of the week to Erica because she literally got sent to Exile Island. <laughs> there you go. And honestly, I'm going to give an honorable mention idol of the week just because I, I think it's going to hurt him long term just because of his physical stature. But I'm a huge uh, Danny I love fan, Danny, bro. Dude, love him. He's he's, and even his personality yes. is like, as for such a big, imposing dude, like, I just kind of want to hang out with him. No. You know what I mean? Like, Agreed. he seems like a good cat. Yep. And, and, uh, seems like so he's just really hanging like out, in. smoke a cigar. Yeah, chill, just chilling. Like, have some good conversation. He is that guy. I do agree with you. I he, love he is gonna, the EVs and yep. the Ricards of the targeted. world, they're gonna, they're gonna eat that man alive. Yeah. And he's gonna be in a situation where he's gonna have to win the immunity uh, uh, challenges, which he's, capable of doing mm-hmm. he's gonna have to win them outright because they're gonna get together and go we can't beat that guy yep we got to take we him like out. him so, w- but we can't but he's got to go yeah yeah exactly so, he's everyone likes him yeah he's physically fit if we get down to five he's gonna win outright and he's gonna be deciding who makes fire mm. so they're not gonna keep him around yeah. but that might set up a nice little path as danny being the shield for someone like deshaun mm-hmm. who's also physically capable of doing it and super and super smart he's a doctor um of getting to the end mm-hmm. You know, yeah. he might be able to hide behind Danny. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. But that's Survivor, right? Yeah. Another one in the book. That wraps it up. That's episode six of Survivor. We'll be back next week with episode seven. And that episode, we will have a tribal council and someone will be going mm. home. So I'm eager, to see. Next week. I'm eager to see next week is going to be chaos. I'm really excited for next week's episode. Especially when you have this, this tribe that this, you know, this group, this blue group that thinks they're safe. So they're not even really like plotting too much. And now Correct. they're going to be scrambling because it's going to go from, you know, it's a rewind button from our season. It's, it's And crazy. it's going to go, there's going to be information being leaked from the people that were on the blue tribe that aren't a part of Luvu. Because think about this, Luvu was on the winning tribe. They had three people on the win or four people into the winning group. Erica was the outcast from that group. And now if the roles flip, that's going to get talked about. Yeah, so I agree. a Luvu member's in serious trouble. And I assume it's going to be one of the guys on the Luvu tribe. I I, so. I think you're probably right. So okay. That wraps up. So we re- changing gears. Changing gears over to our articles. Which one are we kicking off with? Yeah. So this first one, you almost look at it and you're like, this can't be real. But I looked into it and it definitely is real. And essentially what we have is you know, the title here says model posed on Instagram by dad's casket. I don't know if she's an actual model or not, maybe an Instagram model. Um, Come on. But, but, but essentially she, she poses next to this, her, her father's casket. And there are other shots. I don't know if they show it here. If you're looking right now, you can't see it from this angle, but this was actually the quote from her Instagram page. She had this pose and there was multiple photos. If you swipe to the right and she wrote butterfly fly away, R.I.P. Poppy, you were my best friend, a life well lived. And this is obviously the model here, Jane Rivera. Um, a couple other photos right here. So you can see, you can literally see her dad in the background. There was another photo. Here's a couple more from the Instagram post, different angles. Um, what is what is your take on this? What is your take on this, this trend? Because she's not the only one who's ever done it. What? What? Why? No, there's been other people that are doing like these weird things, like basically taking 
you know, using tragedy to to get likes or, or I, to get I can't even tell views. you how much I hate this. I I think this is why we I feel society is on a downward trajectory. Look at look at this too, by the way. I, for those of you who aren't on YouTube, she's got twelve thousand likes. Yeah, on this photo. I mean, and like understandable. So so what I do understand is. The 12,000 likes on the photo. She must be an influencer. So influencers nowadays call themselves models. You're just taking photos of yourself and posting it on Instagram. The whole Instagram model thing drives me nuts in itself. Um, but the thing that drives me the most insane is like, yes, there's there's no proper way to mourn, right? There's no proper way to mourn. But I can judge however you choose to mourn, however I like. And that's the freedom that I have also. And I think this is horrible. Like, how are you standing and posing all nicely? Like, your father passed away. Yeah. Like, your father passed away so, and you're standing in front of the casket, like, posing, like, doing your whole, like, like, she's literally posing, like, her background. You could take out that background and put, like, on a beach. Like, there's... Yeah. There, it's, it doesn't seem like it's very connected to... Uh, I could see maybe a photo of like her hand holding his hand, something really like sentimental, 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 like, sentimental, idiot. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, and it says here I was, cause I looked up her profile after I saw the article and, it, and her Instagram page was deleted or shut down. And I was like, oh, she must've got crushed so much backlash. She just deleted her Instagram page. And, and in reality, she, she actually came out later and said that Instagram disabled her, her, her page. So Instagram has not commented back yet, but it looks like Instagram actually went ahead and said, nah. So this goes back See, to a now conversation I don't like we it had. even more. Now I don't like it even more. Now I'm even more so, mad. And I'm not mad at her. The, 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 the heat got shifted to Instagram. Because <laughs> yeah, I can't. That's what she's saying. That's Now she could be lying. She, she could, could be. Instagram, she could be but, like, oh, Instagram. I deleted it because I was getting so much backlash, but I'm going to put it on Instagram because I'm so small. They're not going to respond. I don't know, man. Possible. I don't know. I I do feel like the you know the banning and all that stuff. It, it and they don't they don't really do like a direct investigation. They they probably yeah. had a certain number of people commenting saying that this is offensive, blah blah blah, like abusive content, whatever. I I've rarely. I mean, I don't even know what how you can flag things, but I know you know the blanket stuff. I, I guess abusive, I'm sure. I'm sure you know you know racist stuff like that. Like I don't know because I don't ever go into because there's really never stuff that I see on my feed. Um, mm -hmm. that I would report, but people now, because this was made a little more public, probably went in and hammered it so much that Instagram like shut it down. Um, yeah, I think, you're which right. I hate that I think you're because right. like, although this is absolutely ridiculous, this isn't like, who's this highly offending? Like we've all had people uh, pass away in our lives. Yeah. We've all been to funerals of people that have meant the world to us that have passed away. Who does this offend so horribly that it needs to be taking off of Instagram? Yeah. I mean, listen, I mean, I think it's offended to the sense where it should be taken down. No, but I, I mean, I'm offended by it. You know what I mean? Just personally, I'm offended by it in a sense like, and again, we're just, we're just on a roll this week. But offended by it? I'm offended because it's, it's disrespectful. It's disrespectful right, in but, that sense where I'm looking at it. It's like, but again, do it is her freedom to put it up there. So right. do I think it should be taken down? We're on the same page. Yeah. Should not be taken down. I have a right. She has a right to post it. I have a right to feel of, uh, offended by it. Right. I'm not. Let me clarify that. I'm not personally offended by right. it, but but it aggravates me. It, yeah, I guess so. I, I it aggravates me, yeah. and I and I mean it. I do find the content offensive because I think it's disrespectful to her dad. Now maybe her dad would disagree. Maybe her family would disagree. It looks like this is a public place where 
There might be people in the background, although all the seats are empty. Um, I wonder who was standing around. But um, who took the photos? To what you said, if you if you photoshopped in a different background, this could be a different type of photo. Mm -hmm. You follow what I'm saying? It doesn't look like it's about her dad. It looks like it's about her. And the casket is kind of the afterthought. And the Um, the caption is to tug on people's heartstrings. Yeah, I don't know. I don't Not love that she maybe did we're, it. Maybe we're maybe we're old school, but nah, uh, bro, I don't like that she did it. But I I don't like more that Instagram took it down because yeah, I understand that people could be offended by this, but like personally, like there's there's not a racial component to it there's not a religious component to it there's not a political component to it like what right she's not showing firearms right like that. Why, like, why is this something that gets taken down and if it's something like yeah. this then what can be taken down as long as there's enough people or there's people that are tagging it and flagging it as offensive it might be something where they put the, they suspended the account to review it because obviously they have millions of accounts right maybe in a week or so it's back up and it's running where basically Instagram gets inundated with these flags. Mm-hmm. So out of a, a, a you know, just to err on the side of caution, they suspend the account, right. they review it, and then they repost after they realize it doesn't violate any community guidelines. I'd be okay with that. I hope she gets her, yeah, I hope she gets her page back. I'm sure she will. You know, for what it's worth, and we are not the authority on this, but, you know, guys, social media is not the end-all, be-all. Yeah. I mean, you have the right to post whatever you want on your page. Right. Just understand. The people watching and the people seeing it have the right to respond any way they like. And I think if you really take a second to think about your post before you post it, most of the time you'll make the right decision. Uh, I don't know if this isn't the best taste. Listen, Uh, it's a a crazy world we're living in right now, man. I mean, people are selfie and and people are doing full-blown photo shoots in front of their parents' casket. I, I never, I mean, are we for real right now? We're on a down. We're, we're our 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 chart society as a society is ticking this way. We are not taking in the right direction. Hope the best for Jane. Social media hope is this, the fault. You know, yeah, I mean, hope hope the hopefully Jane learns from this, grows from this, becomes a better person because of this. Um, wish her nothing but the best, and she seems like a could be a good person. Young, we all make. Dumb decisions Listen, when we're young. So young hopefully this I don't. I don't know experience. how old she is, but the the younger generation is under the impression that I can become famous and be set for life if I become viral on social media. Well, and she's so viral. it's causing people to do things and create things that could be like viewed by people. Like, what in the world is going on here? But it's it's the world that we live in with social media. There's yes. really everybody wants to everybody quote unquote thinks that their fame is based off their followers. Mm-hmm. It's like, what, what does that mean? So Not question good. from this one, sound off in the comments, guys, you're at a wake or you're at a funeral and one of your siblings, it's free awake or funeral mm-hmm. for one of your parents and knocking on wood for all of you here. And you look over and your brother or sister is doing a small photo shoot with the casket in the background. What are you doing? How are you responding? Are you okay with it? Are you not? And if you're not okay with it, are you are you addressing it right there even though you're at a funeral? Sound off in the comments. Let us know what you think. That's great. I'm actually very that interested. That is a great question, say. bro. <laughs> and that should bring Let's us hear that should bring us to our next one. All right. So we are now in our next 
Uh, next topic that is in the news, and I, I don't know if anybody has heard of this. This was one that absolutely blew me away. As somebody that has been on sets before, you've been on sets before, um, I've worked in movies and on TV shows, and this is like, I can only imagine this being like an absolute like this is like worst case scenario in any of these on any of these sets and so what happened was uh a few days ago alec baldwin was on set of a uh of a film called rust that he's producing he's he's a lead in and he has it's like centered in like old western times and alec baldwin has this prop gun and in the scene he comes out and is supposed to be shooting the gun and the gun was supposed to be. What's the term that that's used in this article? It's supposed to be uh, cold. Well, it's supposed to be it's shooting. Cold. It's, it's cold, cold and it's supposed to be shooting blanks. Yeah, yeah. Because when at the range, when it's a real gun, you say the line is hot, which yes. means people are load. The guns are loaded. Yes. Okay. So the gun was supposed to be cold. This was announced on the set. Um, Alec Baldwin comes out and fires the gun, and it had a live round in it. Mm-hmm. The live round hit his cinematographer. Helena Hutchins went through his cinematographer and hit the director, Joel Souza. And unfortunately, like this is horrible. The cinematogra- cinematographer, Helena Hutchins, um, passed away. Mm-hmm. This is horrible for so many reasons. But the first thing I want to do is go back to before this happened. And multiple crew members had stated that this was not the first time on this set that a live round was fired from a prop gun. Three other live rounds had been fired. Why in the world was this happening? You know, I was always under the impression that all guns on set were not even real guns. They were just like prop guns. They weren't was capable well. of firing a real uh, a real bullet. But apparently... And again, I haven't. I've never been an armorer on set, so I wasn't aware of this. But apparently, they they are real guns, mm-hmm. but they use blanks. Which essentially, my understanding of a blank is it's a, sim- a similar thing to an actual live round. The only difference is they all have that shell casing with the gunpowder, but the projectile that shoots out of the top of the shell and would would actually hit someone. Mm-hmm. There's no projectile, mm-hmm. so you just have the gunpowder. So when you pull the trigger, the firing pin hits the hits the shell of the bullet. And causes that bang mm-hmm. that you hear with a round. The only difference is you don't have the projectile. Right. I was I was not aware that there, you know, that seems awful risky to me because those guns, if you're going to do that, there should be something in them that prevents them from shooting ever. Mm-hmm. Even if it's just like filling the barrel, which is dangerous. This would be dangerous as well, but if there's no live round in it, you don't have to worry about. But like filling the barrel with like some type of concrete or something mm-hmm. so that worst case scenario, the gun blows up in your hand, which still would make you lose a hand but better than what's happening and and this isn't the first time this happened either i was telling you before we started filming yeah brandon uh you weren't familiar with him but brandon lee bruce lee's son this happened to him as well on set so just a crazy set of circumstances and i don't know how it happens i really don't know how yeah this type of negligence happens in in today's day and age someone has to be liable because the fact that if this is true that multiple uh, rounds had been fired before this had happened. Multiple rounds, multiple live rounds had been fired. This wasn't the first misfire on this set. The fact that there were live rounds here and there were live rounds that had gone off and been discharged previously 
ultimately leading up to this situation where a live round was fired and then somebody was hit and then well two people were hit and one person died somebody needs to be somebody needs to be held liable for this this is i mean under, understandably so it was an accident on Alec Baldwin's part obviously um but there needs to be somebody on there producer set somebody with somebody that needs to be held liable for live rounds being on the set live rounds being put into you know the same area that you know um, the blanks were, and then live rounds ultimately being put into a gun that is completely capable of of shooting and killing somebody. Like, yeah, this is so, this is so bad. Yeah, it's it's not a good situation. And, and right now, I have up for the YouTube people. They're seeing this, but for audio, uh, just a, a photo of the crime scene. You can actually see the area where it looks like it's the, the set. They must have been filming some type of shootout mm -hmm. scene or whatever, and they have the area roped off because clearly at the time, it's all cleared out now, but there must have been a crew mm -hmm. behind the cameras. He must have fired in their general direction. And essentially, when the same bullet, as you mentioned, went through the cinematographer mm -hmm. and actually embedded in the shoulder yeah. of the director. And I was looking at this article, and again, talk about just gross negligence. You scroll up here, and you can see this line as the FBI looks into this, there was something, I think it's a little further up, but essentially can't find it right here. In addition to see if I can get that in the middle of the screen mm -hmm. for you guys, I'll read it for everyone on audio. Uh, in addition to the bullet removed from Sousa, the, the director's shoulder, um, investigators found 500 rounds of ammunition, including a mix of blanks, dummy rounds, and what appeared to be live rounds. So I've already kind of explained what blanks are. Dummy rounds are basically, they can be plastic, they can mm. be metal, but there's nothing, there's no, they're usually a solid piece. It just looks like a bullet, but they put it in there for like misfire drills. So mm. dummy rounds, blanks, and live rounds. I don't see how that happens. I also read another article that suggested that these same guns were used at the shooting range um, by these individuals not too, prior, not too much prior to this incident. So just seems like a really lack of, uh, of security, a lack of policy procedure, because I'm sure this isn't, I'm sure it's not designed to be set up this way. And as far as liability, yeah. man, I mean, not that it's any consolation, but uh, Helena had had small children and oh, obviously husband. her husband is still here. Um, Alec Baldwin already said he'll do whatever he can do to support the family. But mm. I can promise you this, um, the production company, the insurance, I mean, they have a huge, huge lawsuit on their hands. Yep. And not that it's, I'm sure they would trade this in a heartbeat, yep. but- Helena's family is going to be well taken care of. Yeah. They're never going to have to work a day in their life when yeah. this is all done. This is, yeah, this is a mess. I just don't understand how, you know, and I understand because I've, listen, I've worked on low budget films where a lot of stuff isn't as easy as you would think. Like a lot of people think like these movie sets are all like, oh my goodness, it's so, it must be so easy. Like it's a whole thing. But on some of these lower budget films where, you know, this may have been a passion project for Alec Baldwin. And so it's something that he wants to get done. So they have to get it done at a certain price. You have to cut corners in certain aspects. And that aspect might've been a person on the set that is going through every single round to make sure that there are no, God forbid, you know, live rounds. Um, but yeah, this is a mess up. This is a mess up badly on, uh, things are going to change for sure. Yeah. Yeah. This is really bad. They're already talking about new policy, a policy call. They believe Helena's law or something like that, where it's going to change it. So yeah. our thoughts are definitely where with Helena's family, with, um, Joel Souza as well, mm -hmm. who's, who is injured. And also, Alec Baldwin, yeah. because although he, there is some reports that he may have been uh, negligent as well, we're going to see that. I know the investigation is ongoing, mm -hmm. but I, 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 
I have a strong suspicion he did not believe the gun was loaded yeah. and this was an accident. And, and uh, I don't know uh, how he responds after an incident like this. He's now responsible for the death of another yeah, person. So criminally, maybe that, you have a little bit of insight on this. Like how yeah. can he be charged? It's like, is there... They would have to prove that he was negligent. So it could be like a manslaughter charge. So mm-hmm. like you can be driving fast, you know, above the speed limit, not intend on killing someone and accidentally kill someone and be charged with manslaughter. Right. right? With this, they would have to prove intent and also malice or, uh, or, or negligence in the situation where he knew it was loaded and he was pointing it in the direction of someone mm-hmm. who he shouldn't have been. I don't know if it's going to get there, but intent is a big thing. And did he intend to injure or kill someone? Right. And I think the answer is going to be no. Yeah. But if they can prove that he knew there were live rounds, that he was shooting live rounds and then shooting, uh, you know, mm-hmm. blanks. Mm-hmm. If he was the one doing all that, I mean, he could have some potential yeah. legal issues. But- I just think that because there were other incidents on this same set of live rounds being fired previously that like somebody's going down for this. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know? This 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 is the type of stuff that shuts down production companies for good. Yeah. Like they're going to be sued out the you know what, they're not going to recover from this. Yeah. You know they're not going to recover from this. They like I said, Helena's family is going to own this production company when it's done. Yeah. I don't know who did it. I don't know if it was low budget, high budget, but yeah. heads are going to roll. People, executives are going to be fired. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a bloodbath for them, and deservingly so. Yeah. You're filming a movie. Nothing should should supersede. The preservation of life for a movie, because mm. who gives a shit about the movie in the in the grand scheme of things? Two little kids just lost their mother, mm. and so you know what? If this movie gets ever put out or not, who cares? But ultimately, we want something done where this never happens again. Right. So, right. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. Yep. So that brings us to our final topic of the evening. All right. So this next one comes from my boy. One of the few guys that I fanboy over here. Yeah, you do like Elon Musk. Yeah, love Elon Musk. Elon Musk could soon become the world's first trillionaire. Not surprised. The guy's the guy's making waves. I know we're here. The title says Elon Musk could become the first, uh, the world's first trillionaire. It just shows you that the rich get richer, and obviously he's taking a lot of losses as well. I mean, he tells his stories where Tesla, you know, there was a point where he was trying to sell Tesla to some of the bigger um, vehicle manufacturers and, and no one would even touch them. Yeah. And so he had no choice but to invest everything he had to try to, you know, survive. It was telling a story where he had the option of choosing to invest completely in Tesla or completely in SpaceX. And he ended up choosing to split the money, which created more of a risk that they could both fail. Mm-hmm. And he basically said, you know, it was like my kids. I couldn't choose one. Yeah. And, and as you can see, he made the right move because Tesla is doing extremely well and so is in SpaceX. So the guy's brilliant. Um, I've heard some stories about him that it can be a little tough to work with or whatever. But I think when you're that smart, when you're that forward thinking, you're definitely going to rub people the wrong way. Um, but I think to inspire change and to do things like this, you have to be willing to push the envelope and and act in a way that you're not concerned with the opinions of others. Right. That's the only way the way you're going to get ahead and, and be this successful. It's inspiring. I'm sure some people will throw a negative spin on this because you can make this political as well, where it's like, you know, the top 1%, like, or the top 99, I forgot what it is, but like, basically like, there's a very small percentage of people that make up 90% of the world's wealth. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's like. The world's billionaires and trillionaires is a small list, but they make up like most of the wealth 
in in the world and and so people can see that as a problem because we're so top heavy yeah and i actually saw something this week come out where there's a proposal to start taxing unrealized uh, I hate capital that. gains i hate it so are you familiar with it what it's mm-hmm. kind of cuz i mean i'm invested in stocks yeah you are as well and yeah. let me preface this by saying that this proposal is supposed to be targeting targeting millionaires who have been millionaires for the last three years, who have mm-hmm. made over a million dollars in the last three years, mm-hmm. or billionaires. Yeah. And essentially, for those of you who don't know, what that means is if you have $100 in stocks, it could be a, it could be worth, you basically have stocks that are worth $100. So those stocks from one day could be worth 100 and then could be worth 600 the next day. But adversely, they could be worth 20 bucks the day after that. So mm-hmm. what they're saying is, if you're a millionaire or a billionaire and you have $1 million in stocks come tax season, you are going to be taxed on that $1 million in stocks, even though you haven't taken any of that out. You haven't realized it yet where you're actually able to use it to purchase product or anything else for that matter. Yeah. And so I get where it's coming from, where you want to tax people like Elon Musk, who's invested all of, because what they do is they'll keep their money in the stocks. And because their money is in stocks and investments, they're not taxed on it at the end of the year. Well, they only get and taxed on the capital gains that they take out. That they take out. Right. So what they'll do is instead of taking it out, they'll go to a bank, show them their stock portfolio, get a loan based on those those mm-hmm. stocks, and right. never have to pay taxes on the actual stock. So they kind of mm-hmm. c- circumvent tax law. These in guys, order to, they know what they're they doing. Have the best be- they have the best in the world being paid millions of dollars to do things to avoid them that government employees that are not being paid that much just are like, man, I kind of get how it is, but how can I catch them in it? Like, you know, but the thing that I don't like about it is that there's always a trickle down effect. And yeah. And then next it's us. Next is always the trickle down effect. It Well, it would get said in, and there it's being preached as, you know, targeting them, but it, even once it goes in place, it doesn't immediately target them. I have stocks. I have money in the stock market. My money goes from here to here. I will be taxed at the end of the year on the increase of my stocks without even using the money that's in the stock. So now I'm paying out of pocket, which I, I just, I don't like it at all. Like I can understand. I take the money out. I had my money went from this money to this money. I take yeah, out went from the 100 money. to 600. That's a $500 profit. I now have to pay the taxes on the money now that I've liquidating it and trying to use it elsewhere. Understandable. I I get that. I don't get this. I don't like it. And I think it literally decentivizes people for putting money in the stock market, which will literally crash a big big part of what our economy, like why people are okay to spending money. Like, oh my God, my stocks are doing good. I can spend this money right now. I'll spend the money here. Like, I I don't know, economically, you know, I'm I'm not an expert. But yeah, this no, just doesn't. But, this does. But this, we're someone who, on a sl- smaller yeah. scale, we invest, and and so we I want to try to do right by our families, yeah. you know. And and again, that's why these topics that we're talking about they're relatable to each and every one of us mm-hmm. because I'm sure many of you out there, you know, you might have this little small 457s mm-hmm. or you know, even 401ks. You know, I don't know if 401ks would fall under it, but like mm-hmm. 457 accounts, those things where you're investing in equities or mutual funds. You would be subject to this if you're over a millionaire. And that's why I want to say it one more time. We are both aware that the way it's being proposed right now is it would only affect the millionaires and billionaires of the world. So we get it. So we get that. 
Um, but you have to ask yourself, you know, where would they draw the line? If you open up Pandora's box, if you open up that a possibility for the government to do that, 10 years from now, 15 years from now, could mm-hmm. they decide to extend that to people making $500,000 a year? Well, which is still I mean, not middle class, but you know, it's above. Yeah. But again, you wonder, and you know, I get it. You see people like this, like Elon Musk uh, will never spend that money in his lifetime, but he's earned it. Yeah. He earned the money. And that's it's not like market. He, you know, it's that's capitalism. He he earned the money himself and and ultimately he shouldn't have to be penalized for it. Um he should have to pay his fair share. I will say mm-hmm. that it's no secret that some millionaires out there and some billionaires out there pay less in taxes than you and I. I know. Cuz they show it they show a net loss every year. Yep. Through through creative accounting. So I do think there's room to change the tax law so that people are paying their fair share, but I don't think people should be penalized for taking a risk and investing their own money, yeah. knowing that you're not guaranteed to make money with that you know, mm-hmm. with that investment. So it's mm-hmm. it is a huge risk. Yeah. Um. But really interesting stuff. Hey, the reason congrats behind, to Elon, right? Yeah, but the reason why he is is on this is not because of Tesla. So I want to make sure we say that on here. The reason why he is being so Morgan Stanley did this valuation of a projection of what they feel he can be worth. And the reason is because of his SpaceX company, mm. not because Tesla like Tesla. Let me let me do first say this. Tesla now has a market value of over a trillion dollars. Like it's insane. <laughs> but that's Jeez. because of Tesla jumped after after the after Biden got into office. Tesla jumped because there is yeah. a big push to. Um, make Teslas be vehicles that are government vehicles. You know, yeah. EVs vehicles. are like yeah. You know, even Tesla, U.S. Post which, Service, they're all trying to switch yeah. over to EV market. Yeah. Which yeah. Tesla's done a great job too, because there's definitely more affordable Teslas now. Yes, and it's pushing other car manufacturers. The Rivian so, just came out exactly. And so I'll tell you some, what, I don't want to pay eighty dollars to fill up my tank anymore. Because that's what it costs. And you drive, you don't drive a small car either. It's a pain in the ass. No. No, I'm in Rhode Island though. So everywhere for me, it's like five minutes away. Yeah. Case in the yeah not me. No, it's good. I mean, listen, shout out to Elon. Yeah. He inspires me. I don't know mm-hmm. about you guys out there. Like people like Elon Musk inspire me because they are pushing the boundaries of what humans are capable of. And like, I love, like you guys know already, like I love space. I love like mm-hmm. the exploration of it. I love talking about it. I love, I love that we're going trying to get off the planet again. I think it's terrible that like we don't still go land on the moon like we did back in the day, you know, because of the financial the financial impact it has. You know, NASA was at one point almost completely shut down. Mm-hmm. And it's like are we if we're not exploring, if we're not trying to extend our capabilities like we're kind of just getting caught in a rut. Yeah, but didn't Elon must say something about um, you know, creating, you know, uh, colony on Mars isn't that what he wants yeah, to do? It's going to happen. But the, I'm going. the thing, the hidden, the hidden message that I maybe am putting out there <laughs> is we're doing. Why is he? Why is he looking for you know colonization elsewhere on a different planet, Mars? What in the world? I mean, listen, it's not a matter of if; it's a matter of when we have the next event that is an extinction level event. It's not. Whoa. It's going to happen. Who's it's going to happen. At some point, history repeats itself, and whether it's a solar flare, um, uh, an that's asteroid, why we have that missile. Yeah, yeah. So doesn't China. China's got a missile too. Yeah, China's we're a whole other man. Yeah. So I mean, it, I almost thought about covering that this week, but um, no. You know, listen, I, I probably a different topic for a different day, but you know, Elon, he's pushing the boundaries, he's taking risks, and those risks are paying off financially. 
and I wanted to talk about this because again, I know some people will look at this and go, yep, rich keep getting richer. Yeah. First trillionaire while there are people on our sidewalks who can't get a meal. Yeah. They don't have a home. Right. So I can see how someone could look at this and actually be turned off by it. I like seeing people do well. Yeah. You know, he's not doing it at the expense of others. You know, he's, he's making risks. He's taking, he's taking financial risks with his own money. Yeah. And he's, he's doing the right thing. But I do think, Hey, listen, if we can change the tax law where it's fair for all, I'm all for it. And clearly it's not fair for all at this point because they have ways that we can't do. Yeah, they have they have the they have stuff like they're paying an accountant maybe like I don't know two fifty to do their taxes probably more honestly and be like yo here's a mill make sure I ain't shelling out part of this value because Elon Musk is valued at two hundred forty billion dollars just forty billion more than the next person Jeff Bezos and Jeff Bezos Mm -hmm. came from nothing but it's like the top two wealthiest people in the world combined for over a half a trillion dollars it's like. Almost, yeah, almost, crazy. Half, almost a half a billion. It's like, that's two people. And they alone could like change the scape of like people being homeless in this country just by the, their two, oh, just yeah. by them donating. So, but again, they don't have an obligation to. So it's like, I always go and back they and do forth donate. Because, I looked that up once. Oh yeah. I was like, I'm yo, sure what are these, to- what are they, what do they do? They donate a lot of money. I'm sure. And, and you know, but all as a write off. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, you know. So, so that that's it, right? That's three topics. Yeah, that's covered three. Survivor. You know, another great week. Survivor's picking up. We now have a merge coming. We're gonna have yep. a tribal next week. It's the fireworks are starting. You know, they got a little food in their bellies. They're ready for the second half of the season. Going to be crazy. We will be back next week. Anything else? Anything else? No, nope, guys. Make sure, notes? as always, if you guys are here with us at the end of the episode, we appreciate you guys. And if you're here at the end of the episode, I'm sure you already have done this. But if you haven't. Subscribe and turn on those bell notifications. We appreciate you guys. Yeah, and we want you to do some fireworks in the uh, the comment section or the ratings on Apple Podcasts. Go over to Apple Podcasts. We're trying to hit a thousand, so if you can go over there, do the bang emoji something. Let us know. I always see the that we did the fist last mm-hmm. time, the devil before. Go over there, sound off in the comments. It really does help us grow as a channel. As you guys have probably noticed, we're starting to get a few more ads in here. Yeah. Um, we're not we're not going to be a trillionaire anytime soon. Yeah. But it does help us buy better equipment, improve the production value of the show. And uh, just giving a rating lets us know that we're doing the right thing and that you value what we're bringing to you every week. So we appreciate you guys tuning in here on The Winner's Circle. We will see you next week.